Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I'm excited for tonight. I think I've got something that uh, is really going to be really helpful for this year. Uh, 2016 being, being a year of just reaching and, uh, reaching and reproducing and really just uh, taking things to another level. And um, so I'm really excited. I really think this is uh, going to be a good night. But before I, before I got into it, I just wanted to tell you a story. Uh, and um, it's a little bit of a funny story, mainly on my behalf. Uh, so feel free to laugh at me. Um, but the one time uh, when we were living in Adelaide, my parents were living here, I, uh, uh, we had people over. And when, when we had people over, young boys tend to show off a little bit, all right? Uh, parents, can you, can you testify to that? Your young boys are showing off a little bit when they have people over. You've you got to act cool, all right? You're like, you're stepping into my crib, and I need to show you who's boss, all right? So I was, I was about like an 11-year-old boy. We had people over, and I was like, all right, this is my time to shine. I've been rehearsing for this. Hold up. This is, this is my moment. I'm like, woo! My little brother, I'm like, Nathan, watch and learn. You've got a lot of things to learn from me. This is going to be amazing. And so... People over, and so I decided to show off a little bit, and but with that comes a little bit of arrogance, apparently. Um, and who knows, it's a bad idea uh, to embarrass your parents in front of other people. It's a terrible idea. Don't do it. Parents, you're welcome. I'm telling, the, I'm telling these guys all the time, I'm like, don't do it. Trust me, learn from my mistakes. Um, but... I decided to embarrass my parents a little bit by just uh, talking back in, in, in a way that was, was not uh, respectful at all. Um, and so my dad, my dad, what he does is, my dad was here last weekend, incredible preacher, incredible man of God. Um, but what he does is that he doesn't get loud when he's angry. He gets quiet and he gets serious. And I think that's a lot worse. I'm like, just, just say something really loudly and I'm fine. You know, but all, all he does, he gets a serious face on and he goes, Daniel, David, get in this room right now. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, I'm like, my little brother, I'm like, Nathan, you can have my soccer ball, my most prized possession ever. You can have my Lego, all right? No matter what it is, you can have it. You can have my room. You can have everything because I am not coming back. <laughs> it was nice knowing you, but I don't think I'm coming back. And to my sister, I went, I'm giving everything to Nathan because you're mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I spited her on my last act. <laughs> so my dad pulls me into this room and he goes, and he looks at me, right? And he's got the serious look in his face and in my head, I'm, I'm going, oh, I've done it. You know, I'm never coming back. And, and then he starts talking to me. And, and you know, what happens is I kind, of, I kind of zone out a little bit, all right? Who's ever had one of those moments where you just kind of zone out and don't really know what the other person is saying? You're just kind of looking at them, but you're not registering anything. It's like going in one ear, out the other, and then never coming back at all and not leaving any evidence behind. And so I'm staring at my dad and he's telling, he's, you know, he's doing the good parent thing, you know, discipling me and trying to do all of that. And I'm just not paying attention. I'm just looking at him just dazed as. And then I'm like, okay, like in my head, I'm literally just, I'm going, I'm not really paying attention to anything you're saying. I probably should be, but I can't for some reason. Um, and then all of a sudden, my focus zeroes in on something. Something really small, right? All of a sudden, I see a mosquito. And this mosquito just flies by. Mm-hmm. 
Does anyone realize what I just did there? Because that was amazing. What did I just do? Yeah. You're welcome. Um, but anyways, I focus in on the mosquito and, and I see it and it's flying around and I'm like, oh, mosquito. And that's the only thing I'm focusing on. Something like this big and my dad's telling me off and there's other people in the house and I'm focusing on a mosquito. And then so all of a sudden I see it and I'm focusing on it and it lands on my dad's cheek, right? It lands on my dad's cheek right here. And I'm still focused on it. And I'm thinking to myself, all of a sudden it clicks. God has ordained this moment for me to save my dad from a mosquito. I am going to save my dad from the vampire that's on his cheek sucking his blood. And so I put on my imaginary cape. I looked up, looked at my dad in the eyes because I knew where the mosquito was and it wasn't moving. And with one faithful swoop, I slapped my dad in the face. All I remember is my dad just turning bright red, right? And you know what you see in comics when like cartoon characters get angry and they just turn red, right? That actually happens. Um, and so I'm there and, and my dad's face just turns bright red. And all I remember saying, right? I don't remember anything after this, probably because I didn't get any food for three weeks after that. But I don't know. I'm just kidding. I, I got food. Um, but I just remember holding up my hand and saying, Mosquito. As if that's a like, good enough description of what just happened. <laughs> and so obviously not a good choice in my life, but have you ever found a moment where you've just kind of zoned out or something? Have you ever found those moments before? It's not, it can't just be me, surely, where you've just been looking at something and all of a sudden you're just not paying attention to what's going around you. You're just kind of in your own little world and you're just kind of imagining things and thinking how cool you are and how good your life is and all. And you're not paying attention to anything around you. Don't do it while you're driving. It's a bad idea. Um, But we all have those moments, yeah? And I think we can have those moments a lot uh, when it comes to our walk with God and how sometimes we can just tune out a little bit and just all all of a sudden become zoned out and just not really know what's going on because we're not focused on something. And so we got all these things happening around us and, and, and all of a sudden we found ourselves in a place where we're not hearing anything. We're not hearing anything from God. We don't seem to be seeing anything from God because we've just zoned out. And we just found ourselves in a place where we're just not paying attention. And we don't even know how we necessarily got there. We just know that we're there at the moment and we're, we're, not, we're not hearing or seeing or doing anything. And I think it's so important for us to know how to zone back in again and say, no matter what I'm feeling like, I know that right now I need to just zone back in on what's going on and I need to focus on something so that I know that I'm going to be making progress in something. My journey with God. You guys awake out there? I mean, like, I'm used to Victory Youth where we go nuts and we like, we have this saying, right, where we go, it's what we call riding the bus, all right? It's when the preacher preaches good, you got to ride the bus back. You know what that means? It means you go, yeah, and then you go, ride the bus, and it means you're good, come on. Are you guys awake or what? You got to ride the bus with me. I moved you guys to the middle for a reason. You're meant to be having my back. Ride the bus. 
get on my bike, ride the bus. <laughs> you guys awake? Come on. Let's get excited about the kingdom of God, all right? Let's, let's, let's get excited about what's happening in this church, yeah? All right, that's more like it. All right, so what we're going to do is I'm going to turn to 1 Samuel uh, 3, verses 1 to 10. If you have your Bible, turn there. If you've got your iPhone, chuck up your version and, and jump on it. Um, but I, I think this story demonstrates very, very, very well uh, how sometimes we can just tune out. But what to do uh, when we hear the voice of God and, and what, what we can do to tune back in and focus back in. And so uh, this, this story is actually about Samuel. Uh, believe it or not, it's in 1 Samuel. It's about Samuel. Uh, Samuel was an Old Testament prophet back in the day. Uh, he's the one who uh, did incredible things, uh, you know, in terms of uh, the, when the, uh, the, sorry, when Jerusalem was uh, first being developed. He, he was a prophet that uh, did incredible things in terms of the early days and helped a lot of uh, what they had to do and prophesied a lot of what they were going to do. Um, and so uh, this is when he was a little boy. And in verse 1 of chapter 3, it says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli, who was like his pastor, right? Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were, 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 were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God was not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord cried out, Samuel, yes. Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boys. So he said to Samuel, go and lay down again. And if someone calls you, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for you are listening. Sounds like a good song. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called, us, called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. See, Samuel learned all of a sudden what it was like to tune into the voice of God. He wasn't necessarily tuned in to the frequency that God was communicating to him at. He wasn't necessarily tuned in. He was present, but he wasn't necessarily tuned in. And then we find that he, he does a couple of things that, that position him in a place where he can tune in to the frequency that God is trying to communicate him at. Did you know, right? I said this to the young guys, I'm going to tell you guys as well, that God communicates to young people at a different frequency than He communicates to any other generation. You look in the Bible, you look at David, you look at the disciples, you look at Joshua, all of them, young men. Mary, the mother of Jesus, a young lady who said yes to God. All these people are young. God speaks at a different level to young people, which is why, like Rick Shelton said this morning, is that we need to have a childlike faith no matter what age we are, because then we get to access the full potential of what God is saying to us, and we can actually implement it in our lives. So when we find ourselves in those moments where we're just tuned out and we're not really focused, what can we do to get ourselves back to a place where we're tuned in? where we're tuned into what God is saying and what's happening around us. What is it that we can do 
to get back to that place. I've got three simple things for you. Three very simple points that I'm going to make you repeat about 70 times tonight. You can ask the youth guys. I say this about, when I, when I, when I spoke to them, I said this about 30 times in the preach, each point. And so I'm going to make you repeat it and repeat it and repeat it until it's stuck in your head so that you guys can, can take it from here and actually implement it into your lives and, and do what you do. But the first one, everyone say number one. Number one. Everyone say number one. number one. The first point is position. Everyone say position. position. Everyone say position like you got some conviction. conviction. Yeah, that's more like it. Come on, who's excited to be here? You thought I was kidding. <laughs> These guys got my back and I love it. First point is position. You see, when we first read the story, we found that Samuel is asleep in the tabernacle, which was like the church back in those days, the place of worship, uh, next to the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of God. And in those days, the Ark of God was actually where the presence of God was. That's, that's what they used to carry around to all the wars to make sure that they won the wars because the presence of God was contained within that box. And, and, and so what we see is that Samuel actually positioned himself in a place in God's presence. Samuel positioned himself in a place where he knew that God was. And so if you want to tune in, you need to position yourself in a place where you know that God is. The good thing about us living where we are now is that Jesus came and died on the cross for us. And when he did that, he became a high priest. The high priest back in the Old Testament was the only person who could enter the most holies of holies. And when Jesus died on the cross, he was the one who became a high priest, which means that we can access God's presence wherever we are. Which means that we don't need to be sleeping next to an Ark of a Covenant to access God's presence. To me, that's pretty exciting because we can access it wherever. And so in order to tune back in, to focus back into what God is saying to us, especially in this next season of what He wants us to do, we need to make sure we're positioning ourselves in the right area. Where are you positioning yourselves? Are you positioning yourselves in a connect group? Are you positioning yourselves at church? Are you positioning yourselves in your quiet place, spending time with Jesus? What are you positioning yourself in? Is it a place that's healthy or unhealthy for you? Let's make sure we're positioning ourselves in the right place. The right place to position yourself is spending quiet time with Jesus. Is being at church. Not just because you have to, but because you want to. It's being a connect group and connecting in with other people so that you can create a place where other people can come and position themselves. We're not in this alone. We don't do this alone. We have this little saying at Victory Youth where we say, this is us. This is us means unity. It means we're going forward together. It means without, without unity, you can't have momentum. We do this together, which means that when you position yourselves, you create opportunities for other people to position themselves alongside of you. And then all of a sudden, you've got two people alongside of you. And then all of a sudden, they've got two people alongside of them. And then just because you made one decision of positioning yourself right, you now have got 10 people behind you positioning themselves right as well because of your influence. Position yourself. Point number two. Everyone say number two. Point number two is people. 
Why are they saying people? I don't know. <laughs> Point number two is people. Not only do we have to position ourselves in God's presence, in a place where we know that He is, we need to make sure that we're positioning ourselves with the right people as well. What do I mean by that? I mean, you look at Samuel, he went straight to Eli. Eli was the one who eventually pointed him in the direction of what to do and how to do it. Who are the leaders in your life that you are getting around? Who are the leaders in your life that when you look to them, they say, hey, have you tried this? I know I have them in my life. They're Tony and Kathy plus a bunch of other leaders who constantly speak into my life saying, hey, Dan, hey, Dan, hey, Dan. And I come to them. I'm like, hey, guys, what about this? What about this? What about this? You see, it's not just a one-way street. Do not expect them to do all the work because they have a lot to do as well. They're carrying the whole weight of this church. And for us to expect them to come to us all the time or our leaders to come to us all the time is insane. We need to be pressing into leaders ourselves. Even when we feel like, why aren't they talking to us? Is there something wrong? When we have all those voices going on in our head, we need to make sure that we put those aside and go and step into our leaders because what that does is that creates unity again and all of a sudden we got momentum again because we're united again and we're traveling forward in the same direction. Who are the people that you're surrounding yourselves with? Who are the leaders? Are you listening to them? The thing that Samuel did so well is that he actually listened. There's a difference between going to your leader and asking them uh, about something and then not going away and not doing what they've suggested, you know, and, and, and then actually going to them, asking them and going away and doing what they suggested. What Samuel did is that he took the advice Eli gave him and he said, you know what, I'm actually going to put this into practice. And all of a sudden he found his life changed. All of a sudden, it sets up the rest of his life as a prophet because God spoke to him in that moment and he listened to his leader who pointed him in the right direction. Who are the people that you're surrounding yourselves with? We have some incredible leaders here, incredible connect group leaders. Get around them. If you're not in a connect group, get around a connect group. It's going to be good for you. Trust me. <laughs> it's like you go and you get free food most of the time. Seriously, it's awesome. And you just get to have a bunch of fun and hang out with people and just do life with them. Get around some people. Even when you don't feel like it. Even when it's tough. Even when you're annoyed. Get around people. People bring bigger perspective if they're higher up on the mountain. It's like Tony always says, go to the people who are higher up on the mountain. Don't go to the people who are down below. If you're annoyed and you're frustrated, go to the, your leaders in your life and get bigger perspective. If anything, it's less stressful for you, <laughs> you know? Let's get a bigger perspective on what we're doing than rather just us and our lives. Let's get a bigger perspective. Let's not just live about us, let's live about other people. So point number one is position. Everyone say position. position. Point number two is what? People. Point number one is what? Position. Point number two is what? People. See, I told you I was going to get re you to repeat it like 50 times. Point number two is what? Yeah, there you go. That's good. Point number three. This is the third thing we see that Eli does. 
that, is that he's persistent. You can position yourself in the presence of God. You can position yourself in the right people. But if you are not persistent, you will very quickly find that you're back in the place that you found yourself at the beginning. Eli went three times, I mean, sorry, Samuel went three times to Eli. He was persistent. Who knows that after the second time, I, I would be like, Yo, Eli, stop pulling my leg, man. I'm trying to get some sleep. I'm a teenager. I need to rest up. I don't necessarily need my beauty sleep because I'm amazing. But I need some sleep. But no, 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 no. What Samuel did is that he was persistent. Even though it was repetitive, and in our, our society, repetitive often means boring and, 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 and old. Even though it was that, he still persisted in it. In our society, we're so looking forward to the new thing and the new thing that can help us and can change us and can help get us there faster that we forget just to do the same thing. Tony posted a photo yesterday on Instagram about do, do the same, the power of same, was it? Is that right? And yeah, his muscles were looking huge. And one day my dream is to look like him. It's not going to happen, is it? No. But the power of same. You do not see change in your life without doing the same thing persistently. Persistently. You got to do the same. When it gets tough, position yourself in God's presence and around people and do it again. When it gets even more tough, position yourself in God's presence and around the right people and then do it again. And then when it gets even more tough, position yourself in God's presence around the right people and then do it again. Do it again and again and again until you get breakthrough in your life. Be persistent. Be persistent. What have you got to lose? If you're in a bad place, you're already in a bad place. The worst thing that could happen is that you could take one step forward. If you're struggling, you're already struggling. So this isn't going to make it harder. This is just a mindset. Just do it again. Just do it again. Just do it again. Just do it again. Wake up, do it again. Go to bed, wake up, do it again. Position yourself in the right presence. Position yourself with the right people and then do it again. Be persistent. But see, there's there's another thing about persistence, right? I found, um, and I've been on this journey for a few months now, I found that with persistence, it comes a lot easier if you choose to do it with excitement. You know excitement is a choice? It is. Excitement is a choice. Often we'll get excited if, if you know, someone gives us a gift that's really nice or a new pair of Nikes or whatever it is. Or so we've got something coming up that we know is going to be awesome and we get excited. But a lot of the other times, excitement is actually a choice. You can actually choose whether or not to be excited or not. And one thing I've learned is that with being persistent, it becomes a lot more fun when you're excited about it. 
And as Mick said this, uh, earlier, he said, the kingdom of God is not boring. And by my definition, if it's not boring, that means it's fun. Because if it's not boring, it means you actually want to be here, and I want to be around things that are fun and are exciting. Let's be persistent, but with a spring in our step. Let's be persistent with excitement. Let's get pumped up. What have we got to lose? Let's get excited about growing the kingdom of God. Let's get excited about what could happen if we position ourselves in the presence of God and then with the right people and we're persistent at it. Let's get excited about what could happen in our lives and in other people's lives if we just did that. Three simple steps. Three simple steps. If we did those three simple steps and we kept doing them and we kept doing them, you would see your life change. Even if your situation doesn't, you will. You will become bigger. And we're all about growing big people. But then there comes an opportunity for you to either get excited or to not. And I say get excited, right? I say get really excited. Because the kingdom of God is something to get excited about. The fact that Jesus came and died on the cross for me and took on the weight of my sins so that I could spend eternity with Him, that alone excites me. That alone gets me pumped up. I feel, like I feel a million bucks. And that makes me, it should be infectious. It should be like, Come on, like, we should get excited, right? Purely at that thought. Let alone what else He's done in our life. This year, let's get excited about a lot of things. If you're not involved in Victory Church, in a volunteer capacity or in Connect Group, do that. And do it with excitement. And be persistent at it. And that is positioning yourself with the right people and in the presence of God. And all of a sudden you've completed your three steps. And then watch what happens. Let's get excited about what's happening here. I don't know if you realize, but Victory Church is the place to be. Man, your son is so excited about that. Victory Church is the place to be. I don't know if you realize, but we're in for one killer year. We're in for a year that's going to blow your mind. And it's built on you. It's built on what you do. Tony can get up here and he can talk all he wants and he can inspire us all, all we want and all he wants. But without you doing something... We're holding him back. Let's get excited and let's do something. What are you doing? What can you do? What are you good at? Get excited about it. Volunteering is not a a boring thing. Ask any one of our youth leaders. Volunteering is not boring. 
Isn't that right? Man, you're not a good advertisement for me tonight. Isn't that right? I am so sick and tired of being tired. I want to get excited. I want to get passionate again. I want to get pumped up. Let's have a childlike faith that allows us to be excited about everything. You tell a kid that they get a balloon, that is the best news that they have ever heard in their entire life. I remember playing with balloons for like three hours straight. It's like keeping up off the floor, right? And you're super inventive and it was like, you're only allowed to use your feet. And it's like, you're only allowed to use your elbows or you're only allowed to use your head. But let's have a childlike faith that gets us excited about everything. Aren't you, don't you just want to be excited about stuff? I do. Why do sometimes do we just not get excited? Why? Why don't we just choose to be excited about the potential that lies ahead? In the tough times, let's get excited about the fact that we're under attack because we know that we've got something coming that's big. In the good times, let's get excited that it's good and that we're doing something all right. Let's get excited. Let's get pumped up. I don't want to be a boring Christian. I don't want church to be boring. And this church is not by any stretch of imagination. And that's why I love it here, because it pushes me to get excited about things and what lies ahead. 2016 is going to be one of the best years you've ever seen in your entire life. You watch with excitement as we start to change lives. Twenty sixteen is your year. Twenty sixteen is our year. Twenty sixteen is the year that we find that fire again. Twenty sixteen is that year that we get excited about change again. Twenty sixteen is that year where we get excited about the possibility of what's coming ahead. 2016 is the year that we get excited about what God is doing in our life. 2016 is the year that we get excited about what God is doing in other people's lives. 2016 is the year that God is going to move in this house because of what we chose to do. And that is position ourselves with Him, with people and be persistent. Let's get excited. Can you feel that excitement is infectious, right? Can you feel that? All of a sudden, we're all like, 
well, I don't know what I do with our hands. We're like moving about a little bit. It's excitement. Excitement causes you to move. Move forward. Not stay where you're at. Excitement causes you to move. Let's move forward. With an excited spring in our step. These young guys know that this year is the year that they're going to be excited. We've got incredible things happening in youth. Incredible, incredible things. And a lot of it is because these guys have lifted their eyes out of their situation and circumstance and said, I'm going to look ahead and get excited about what's to come. That's not just these guys, that's you guys too. Get excited about what 2016 could look like for you. And look, for, look, look like for this church. Just imagine if we all just did things with an excited spring in our step. Imagine how many more people we're drawing. Imagine how many more people would be drawn to us because excitement is infectious and all of a sudden they want to be excited and happy and, and enthusiastic and then, and then we draw them in just because of how we're doing things. We haven't necessarily gone up to them and be like, hey, do you want to come be a part of this thing? It's fun. We get excited about it sometimes. Or if you're just going along and doing life and getting excited about it. And saying, I'm excited to be in the cafe serving coffee for someone who's had a rough day maybe. And they just need something warm to get their hands on. To know that someone cares about them enough to give them something warm. Let's get excited about stuff. This year is our year of excitement and to see what happens. Position yourself with, in God's presence. Position yourself with the right people and then just be persistent at it. Make the choice. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says that we take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. We make it obedient to Christ. The Bible tells us that we have the power to make our thoughts obedient. So how about next time you're faced with a challenging situation, you get excited about the possibility of what could happen. Yeah? This is our year of excitement, all right? You guys excited? This is our year. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 